0: Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org Good evening. Wow. I wonder if you'd uh, take your Bibles, if you have them, and uh, open them to Matthew's Gospel. And before we um, read the scriptures and before we get into teaching um, some stuff out of the scriptures, let me be so bold and arrogant as to tell you exactly what's about to happen to you, in you, and through you. Um, Because uh, when the word of God is spoken, God speaks. So God's about to show up, he's here already, and he's about to speak his truth into our lives. And you are not a puppet, so you have an opportunity to respond to the word of God. And uh, how you respond is up to you, but God is here and he's going to speak. And that's not because I'm particularly good, it's because he's particularly good. It's because God is really good at getting your attention. And he has some stuff to say. So we're going to pray and we're going to kind of appropriate, if that makes any sense, the presence of God here. We're going to say, God, would you come, would you speak to our hearts and lives, would you change things that need changed, would you awaken stuff that needs awakened, would you challenge our hearts in places they need challenged. Is that okay? Some of you think that's okay. All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We thank you for your presence here this evening, and we invite you to come to our hearts and our lives and change the things that need changed. Would you challenge us? Would you shake us up? Would you propel us from this place with life in you? Our lives are an open book. Holy Spirit, would you come? Amen. So we're going to um, conclude a four-part series that we called Four Days to Change the World. And it's all been about Easter. We've looked at the incarnation. And we've looked at the crucifixion. And we've looked at the resurrection. And this week, uh, we're going to take a look at the commission of God. In other words, we've said there was a moment in time when God sent his son into the world. We celebrated it at Christmas when God put on flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. He fleshed out himself for us. There was a moment in time in history when God was nailed to a cross. When he took our sin and our shame and our punishment on himself, and an incredible transaction was done. Our mess, our sin, our shame for his life and his goodness and his glory. There was a moment in time when a dead man walked. When the God who died rose again from the dead and defeated sin and death and hell and said, I'm alive. And he still is. And there was a moment in time when he commissioned his people. And he said, God... He said, go be me, go be my disciples, go, go be my body, my hands and my feet and my mouthpiece in this world, go represent me, go demonstrate the kingdom of God, go do it, you're my plan. And we're going to take a look at that, that today. And we do all that against the backdrop of a general election, which is not completely irrelevant where where i fascinates me i love the whole politics thing when people argue different things and they got their policies and they got their principles or lack of principles or lack of policies or whatever they've got they've got all this stuff and it's really interesting and they're arguing against one another but, but and it seems to me to be interesting but it all seems to be to be kind of shades of gray not fifty just a few you know they kind of calibrating Five degrees this way, or six degrees that way, or seven degrees this way. And they, they got a different idea on this, or a different idea on that. But that ain't going to change the world. Nothing's going to be turned on its head. But there once was a people who did. And there once was a man who did. And so we come to a passage of Scripture that if you've hung around church long enough, you know probably so you can quote it and and definitely you've heard sermons taught on it and you know exactly what I'm going to say this evening. But I want us to go here because this is heavy and this is magnificent. Matthew 28 and verse 16 through to verse 20. It's heavy in its commands and it's magnificent in its promise and I want you to feel its weight and I want you to feel its glory. And I want you to allow your hearts and lives to be changed just a little bit from these simple truths. Because if this is true, and if this is for us, it changes everything. It changes everything. So Jesus has risen from the dead. And everyone's kind of excited. Well, not everyone's excited. But there are some people who are incredibly excited. And Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to go north, and I want you to go to Galilee, and I'm going to meet you there And then we read this from Matthew's gospel. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is heavy, and this is magnificent. You see, one week had passed, And the tomb was empty, and the grave clothes were folded neatly, and it looked like he just walked out and some of the disciples were incredibly excited because they'd seen him he was alive and some of them were completely freaked out because they'd seen him he was alive and some of them hadn't seen him at all but their logic told them that they'd exhausted every other possible explanation because they hadn't got the body the authorities definitely couldn't have had the body and it couldn't have been a mass hallucination because more than 500 had seen him at one time it must be true a dead man has walked he's risen from the dead and so they went to Galilee where everyone said Jesus was going to show up and he does and it changed everything and 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 weird as it sounds it still does I mean that's why we meet here that's why we we put on the lights and we play the guitar well I don't I wish I could Uh, play the guitars, and I preach. That's why we do missional communities. That's why we make videos. That's why we do prayer rooms. That's why we do healing on the streets. That's why we do everything that we do. That's why we do cat. That's why we do, because Jesus is alive. Because a dead man walked, and because he said he would. It changes absolutely everything. If it wasn't true, we may as well just go home. It's just dead religion, but Jesus shows up. And it's a game changer. It changes everything. You see, when you meet Jesus, the risen, present Savior of the world, nothing will ever be the same again. The disciples met Jesus and they had two reactions. Check them out. They worshipped him, verse 17, and some doubted kind of reactions that you might have to Jesus today you meet Jesus tonight and you can do so because he's here you're going to have two reactions you're going to worship him and you're going to doubt that's that's true I'll tell you why you're going to worship him because you are designed to worship him inside your heart and your life you have a God responder mechanism it was put there by God himself when he made you And when he made you, he put this God-responder mechanism inside your heart and life. You're hardwired to worship God. And because we're post-God and we're post-Christendom and we're we're post-modern, we're post-everything, we've rejected all that stuff, but we still need to worship something. So we worship stuff, or we worship success, or we worship celebrity. We just have to find something to worship because we've rejected God. And our hearts ache. So when you meet Jesus tonight, you will worship him. Because he's God. But when you meet Jesus tonight, you will doubt him because it's nuts. It's crazy stuff we talk about. God is here. I mean, listen to the songs. If you don't know God and you've never hung around church, it's loony stuff we talk about. God is here. God is speaking. God's going to show up. The whole Because we've been trained to think it's quite unreasonable that dead man walk. It's quite unreasonable to think that God's going to speak. It's quite unreasonable to think that anything to do with religion can help you in any single way. And we think, and we've been trained to think, even though it is quite unreasonable, that we don't need God. We don't need God to do life because we're self-made. We, 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 we're self-reliant, and although in our hearts and our lives, and we proved it again and again, all we do is make a mess of this world, we believe it. So we take those two thoughts and we smash them together, and, and we doubt. When you meet Jesus today, you will worship him and you will doubt him. But it will change everything. It will change absolutely everything. You can't go back to the way you were once you met. Jesus because once you meet the risen saviour of the world you're in you're in the team you're part of the plan you're in on the secret And although you're tempted, as I am, to try and conveniently fit him into your already busy life and have him as an additional extra to your comfortable life, that's never going to work because he's God. You see, Jesus is the reason and the answer and the hope and the meaning and the center and the core of all life, but you're the plan. Jesus is the hope, but you're the plan. Jesus is the reason, but you're the solution. He he, he is trying to restore everything in this world. That's what he's doing. He's trying to draw everybody in this world to him because you never meet anybody that Jesus didn't die for, that the Father doesn't love and the Holy Spirit isn't trying to win. You never meet anybody. That's what he's trying to do. But he's trying to do it through you and me. And that's why it's worth including in four days to change the world, not just an incarnation, not just a crucifixion, not just a resurrection, but a commission. Because God has no other plan than you. So what I'm trying to say in quite a rant (laughs) is the reason for the church, full stop, is nothing less than to bring the entire world to Jesus. That's why we're here. And if we're trying to do anything else, we miss the point. He is the hope and we are the plan. And it's a fearful thing and it's an awkward thing. Because Jesus could have just written a book, couldn't he? Or or, or he could have done some kind of press release or something, but he just sent some guys and they are awkward guys. They're not the kind of guys that you would have sent. Kind of weirdos. A bit like you. Just ordinary guys. Not that you're weirdos. None of you. Apart from some over here. Just ordinary guys. People that you wouldn't think are most likely. And it's a difficult thing. Make disciples, he says. I mean, you guys who who struggle to be disciples, make disciples. Help people discover the way of Jesus. Help people read and understand the words of Jesus. Help people do the works of Jesus. Help people be apprenticed in the life of Jesus. Help people be disciples who look like Jesus Christ. And then bring them into the family. Create a family called the church. Go into all the world. All the world, and because we've read it so often, we go, Yeah, go into all the world, man. But these guys were completely freaked. I mean, they're just a bunch of ordinary guys who have the door locked for fear of the Jews. There are about a hundred of them. And Jesus says, You're to go to all the world. The Greek word implies every branch of the human family, all ethnic groupings. All of you go to all the world every tribe, every people group, every corner, every interest group in their language in a way that is relevant to them. Go, go be Jesus. How did Jesus do it? Hmm. Well, he, he said, um, the poor have good news, preach to them, maybe we should do that. He said the prisons are going to get relief. Maybe that's part of the deal. He said the blind people are going to see. Maybe, maybe sickness should, should be something we're after as well because that's what Jesus did. He, he, he said that people are going to have their lives transformed and brokenhearted people are going to get healed up. Maybe that's part of the deal as well. He said go. There's no other call for the people of God. Not stay. Go. Go be naturally supernatural. Go be spectacularly loving. Go be significantly involved. Go make a difference. But go. And it must be the hardest thing in all the world because I don't see the church doing it very much. Which sounds pretty condemnatory. But I don't. You know, if, if if this was easy, we have a branch on every street corner, don't we? should be just going viral. The kingdom of God should be viral. The gospel of Jesus should be viral if this was an easy thing, but it's not an easy thing. I talk again and again about a vision that God has given me. it, It sounds wordy, but it's very simple. Listen, the full mobilization of the entire body of Christ for the total mission of God. In simple words, everyone gets to play and do the stuff. Everybody, what if the way in which Europe was first won with the gospel of Jesus Christ is the way in which Europe is going to be re-evangelized with the gospel of Jesus Christ? A bunch of crazy Celts decide that Jesus really is the Son of God and he really can be taken at his word and he really did say go. And we actually go and we speculate on his power and we say, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? And we just go for it. What if Europe is gonna be re-evangelized by a bunch of people just as unlikely as the disciples who said, We are in, we're all in. We're gonna go for it. What if Glasgow? What if what if Creef? What if Perth? What if Dundee? What if Aberdeen? What if Inverness? What if what if Belfast? What if. Derry what if Lurgan what 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 if what if we got excited about Jesus and we began to believe that there is a man who says he is God who went to a cross and died for our sins so that we can be forgiven and restored to the father who rose again from the dead and is alive and he said go what if that's true And people say, that's a great vision. It's your vision. No, 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 no. It's not my vision. It's Jesus' vision. (laughs) It's what Jesus said. Go into all the world. It's hard. Because go means leave. And leave means pain. And discomfort and unknown and potential rejection but go is the way of Jesus. This is just normal for Jesus' people. In other words, you could write this, Jesus saying, just be normal, guys. (laughs) Just be Jesus' normal. Make disciples normally. Speculate on the kingdom of God normally. Stand against every social evil normally. Stand for social good normally. Infiltrate every sphere of culture normally. Go with what I've given you. Hmm. February the 19th in 1519, the Spanish explorer and conquistador, Hernan Cortez set sail for Mexico. Now you're going to have to lay aside just for a moment the morality of colonialization if you're going to be able to deal with this uh, illustration but he set sail 1519 to establish a settlement in the new world he took with him 11 ships 13 horses 110 sailors and 553 soldiers They sailed to Mexico and they faced an indigenous population of about 5 million people. That made their odds about 7,500 to 1. The two previous expeditions had ended in absolute disaster with everybody wiped out. But Cortez did and said something that is the stuff of legends that ultimately secured his victory. He said to his crew burn the boats burn the boats and and if you'd been a member of the crew or one of the soldiers as the boats burned you had to rapidly deal with the reality that retreat was not an option there was no plan B and I think effectively Jesus says the same thing there's no plan B I, I don't have one I don't have another way to reach this world but you. I am desperate to reach this world that is aching and broken and busted and has no chance of eternity in a relationship with me apart from you. Your plan A, B, C, and D. Failure is so often resorting to plan B when plan A gets too risky. In fact, the church has made an art of inventing a plan B when there was never meant to be a plan B. We'll be the church and we'll do a little bit of speculation with the power of God and then we'll keep what we've got and we'll hold on tight until Jesus calls or comes and hope that he thinks it's a good job. Or we'll really look after one another and we'll say we're a pastorally caring kind of church, we're a healthy kind of church. Jesus didn't actually primarily ask us to do that. Jesus said, would you go? I have good news of great joy for all people, would you go? I want you to demonstrate and then proclaim the kingdom of God. I want people to look at your lives and go, wow, there's something different about you. What is it? Would you go? And it's hard. It's hard because it means that we're going to have to live differently. And we're going to have to live awkwardly. And we're going to have to hold things like this. And we're going to have to deal with our money differently because it's not our money, it's His. And we're going to have to deal with our families differently because it's not our families, it belongs to Him. And we're going to have to deal with retirement differently because it's not our retirement, it's His. It means we're going to have to live in proximity to people and demonstrate the kingdom to people. It means we're going to have to live with integrity. It means all the stuff about the kingdom of God needs demonstrated in our lives. It's hard, and Jesus knows it's hard. And so he kind of bookends this really heavy command with two incredible promises. Check them out. He says, This all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow. Everything is mine. I am Lord of lords and king of kings. There was a moment when the enemy of God had the stuff, but I have arrested it from him because of my victory over the grave. When I rose again, I've got the keys. All authority in heaven and upon earth has been given to me. In other words... I am now active conscious head over all things. Everything in this world that you're anxious about, everything in this world that you're worried about, everybody else's opinion, every atom, every molecule, every university, every scientist, every critic, every parent who doesn't think you're doing a good job, every disease, every cancer, every situation, every financial crisis, everything that can victory over you has no victory over you because I am active conscious head over. all things and before I ask you to go I want you to know that I went to the hospital this week and I went with my friend Gareth who happens to be accident and emergency consultant I really like going with Gareth to the hospital because I feel like a minor celebrity I get to go through doors I can't go through I get to go through doors that if I tried to go through on my own, I'd get arrested. I get to see things I shouldn't see. I get to be places I shouldn't be. And people kind of doff their hat at him because he's some kind of minor demigod or something in the hospital. And I love it. The authority. Because I'm with him. It's nothing on Jesus. He is active, conscious, head over. Things And he says, go, and you can't do it. And you're worried. And you're saying, how in the world can I think about moving to Perth? to plant a missional community. How in the world can I think about leaving Polworth where I got all my friends and going to Oxgangs because that's difficult? And how can I afford this? And what will my parents think about me if I, if I give that up to do this? And, and, and how can I possibly give up my life savings to make this thing happen? Well, maybe you can because he is active, conscious, head over all things. He has all authority and he says, go. And I kind of think that Jesus knows that even that's not enough. So he says, and I will be with you always until the end of the age. Wow. I mean, Jesus, God had hinted about it in the Old Testament. He'd said, you know, through the psalmist, you can't flee from the presence of God. If you go down into the depths, he's there. If you fly on the wings of the dawn, he's there. In other words, if you, can, if you can run as fast as the speed of light, God will still be there. He's always there. You can't get away from his presence. And now he says, it's getting personal. I will be with you when you go, when you speak, when you dare, when you risk, when you don't preserve, when you don't rely upon your stuff, when you say, I'm all in, I will be with you. It's huge. So this evening, maybe it's just the time to burn some ships. Now I know I like burning things, but maybe it's just the time to burn some ships. Maybe it's the time to say there's no exit plan, there's no plan B, because Jesus, you know what? I'm all in. If you went all in for me, I'm I'm all in. Maybe it's time to burn the ship called fear and anxiety. What if I do this, then what if that? And what will they think of me? And what will my parents say? And what will my children, what will they think? Maybe it's time to burn that ship. Maybe it's time to burn the ship called Settle Down. Do you know, and that, this is a biggie. The problem is, for me, and, and this is just being honest, there's a moment when, when you're young, when you go, do you know what, I'm all in. If Jesus did this for me, I'm all in. But it's easy to say I'm all in because I've got no ties, I've got no mortgage, I've got no plan. I'm just all in for you, Jesus. And then you start to make decisions and they become more and more sensible decisions. And then you start to make some plans and they become more and more sensible plans. And then you start to make some choices and they become more and more rational choices and we stop going. And we start staying. And we begin to keep ourselves to ourselves when we were called and set apart to give ourselves away and we got all safe when he called us to an adventure maybe it's time to burn some boats maybe it's time to burn the boat called radical left when I stop being a student maybe it's time to burn the ship called what will people think of me and start living large maybe it's time to go and maybe even tonight, there are some of you that God is going to call specifically to certain kinds of ministries and certain aspects of culture. And you know that's in you because you have this dream in your heart that God placed there and you've never done anything about it. And God's just saying, would you just go? Trust me. And Maybe some of you, God's going to say, do you know there's a particular geography that I'm calling you to? And there's no, I don't make mistakes. So because you have that dream in your heart, that's probably me urging you and inspiring you. When are you going to act? And some of you just need to get on his program with the people who live around you and the places that you work. Because God said go. Let's pray. What I need you to hear as we pray is that Jesus is gentle and he's compassionate and kind. So anything that you heard this evening that was aggressive and big and demonstrative was me, not him. Because Jesus is gentle and he's gracious and he's kind and he's loving and he's compassionate. And he's not about to beat you up. He doesn't do that. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you blow away on the wind anything that was fleshy and of the preacher and discard it, but anything that was of you for us this evening, would you sink it deep into our hearts? And would you raise a generation that will go dynamically, that will know the presence of Jesus with us? that will know the authority of Jesus in our lives and will be transformed, that we might be transformation for this world around us. We don't believe you have us for small things. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and would you name our boats that need burnt. And would you stir our dreams that you placed in our hearts? And would you send us again? And where you send we will go, what you say we will do. Because you are active, conscious head over all things. The Lord of Lords and the King. Just let him come. Just let him. Come. doesn't make mistakes he has you here this evening for a purpose maybe just for one or two of you that purpose is to introduce you to himself and when you meet him you'll worship him and you'll doubt but you can meet him just here and now no doubt at all that there are numbers of us that God is very specifically calling reminding us of his call on our lives even giving places reminding us of dreams thing I've not forgotten about you and you still need to go and some of us he's just kind of reigniting for the vision you have for your town, or for your city, or for your neighborhood, or for your workplace. That's what he's doing. And still, still more of us generally, he's saying, are you in? Are you really in? Are you really up for it? So here's what we're going to do. The band are going to come, and they're going to lead us, and we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to spend some time worshiping Jesus, and I'm going to give you three, we don't do this very often, but and he said, well, we, we do some of this quite often, actually. Uh, we're going to invite you to demonstrate what God is doing in you. And the reason we do this is because if God has been speaking, it's really helpful uh, often to physically embody it. What's God doing? So we can pray for you, get around you, say yes, we're in that. Yes, we support that. Amen to that. So what I'm going to say is that if if, if tonight you just want to say, I'm in. I don't have a particular agenda. I don't, I, I don't have a place and I don't have a dream. But, but just, you know what? I just feel God moving my heart. And I want to say, God, I'm in or I'm in again. I'm up for this. I'm all in. It doesn't matter what time of life. I've been tempted maybe to coast downhill because I'm reaching retirement. But I'm not. I'm going to keep on pedaling. I'm all in. Then I'm going to invite you to come and stand at the front. But I'm going to invite you to do something a bit weird. Would you take your shoes off? And say, we're on holy ground and I'm in. I'm totally in. And there are others of you that you want to say, do you know what? There's something very particular that I'd love someone to pray for me about. Um, Maybe it's a place. Maybe God's got on your heart for Creef or for Inverness or for Glasgow (laughs) or, or, or for... If somewhere that God's just saying, I'm I'm moving you and stirring you and I want you to get involved, then come come over to my right and to your left. Our prayer team will be over here and they're just going to pray for you. And there are just one or two of you who tonight need to come to know Jesus for the first time. I'll tell you how you do that. You just say yes. That's all you do. You say, yes, Jesus. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again. You're alive. And I want you. And I don't understand it all. And there's some doubts. But I'm going to worship you with my life. And what you do is you come down here and you speak to Nick. And Nick is going to help you. And he's going to pray for you. And he's going to give you a pack. And when we have loads more people, he's going to get some other people to help as well. So let's stand. Let's worship Jesus. But if you just want to say, do you know what? I'm all in. I'm up for this. stand at the front. We'd love to pray for you.